You know, I'm just here living life. I feel you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to make a note right now that I'm not recording in my normal place. Um, I'm recording from an Airbnb, so my sound quality is probably going to be kind of shitty today. So I apologize. <laughs> the um, tables have turned. Because <laughs> it's usually my sound quality. I think that's pretty shitty. <laughs> uh, I think our sound quality is just different. Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, and then we, I hope listeners have seen this coming, but we have to make an announcement that, um, we, unfortunately, because of how busy our lives have become, um, we are going to be cutting back to a bi-weekly schedule. Yep. And we know everybody is so sad about that. So... (laughs) All three of you are devastated. (laughs) We have, oh, I completely forgot. And I didn't even, I did not even get a chance to share this with you. So, um, in the good, good podcast app, Uh good listens, something like that, um, we made it to number 43 in the true crime. Shut the front door. Yes. What? So, all thousand of you who came over for um, (laughs) Dina Schlosser. Thank you, you so much. boosted us up. Thank you. And thank you so much to someone messaged me on Instagram and explained what happened. So yeah. apparently a TikTok came out about Dina Schlosser and you know TikToks are only a couple minutes long. And so she told me that she was so shocked by this TikTok that she wanted to know more about the story. And when she searched on Apple Podcasts, our episode was the longest episode. And so she listened to ours. And now she's a regular listener. Nice. Yay. So there's we one. Should, so if, we should get on TikTok more. Do you Don't, have time? No. Do you? <laughs> anyway, um, so we I got so sidetracked with the good podcast thing and uh, where all of our new listeners came from. Um so we are going to be going to a bi-weekly schedule because uh, both you and I are just a little bit overwhelmed with everything we have going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, like I said, there are kind of consolation for everybody is that if you want more, we are going to be starting a Patreon. And the content that we release there will be not quite as structured as what we do here. It's going to be more talking about current events And you'll also have the opportunity to listen to some of our banter that we cut out of our episodes because I know some of our people actually really enjoy that. Yeah. So uh, look out for an actual official announcement where you can find a link and uh, we're going to be making it like $5 a month at most just uh, so that people who want to hear from us more frequently than just twice a month will be able to and Hopefully, when life calms down a little bit in approximately two years, yeah, <laughs> um, we will be able to go to a more weekly schedule. And yeah. um, if either of us has time, we could do like a bonus episode that's an interview or something to fill in some of the gaps. We'll figure it out and we'll all get through this together. Yay. 
Uh, what's that? Li- what is the list on again? I was trying to look it up. Sorry. Oh, the good podcast. Good pods. Good pods. Okay. Yes, we made the number forty-three in the top one hundred true crime podcasts. Holy cow! That's insane. I didn't know it would feel good to be number forty-three ever. I know. I saw. <laughs> I saw the email come through, and I'm like, I've never even used this app in my life. I didn't know it existed, but like, look at us go. <laughs> So thanks for whoever uses that app because yeah. you guys you guys helped. Um, now um, that the bad news is out of the way, we can get into today's actual episode. Okay. So today I am going to tell you about Claire Wood. Okay. Claire was everything you'd expect in a, a child or a, a daughter. She was a free spirit. She was a canny lass. There was, she had a wicked sense of humor. My daughter died because some man, and I, I, I say man in brackets, couldn't understand no. Um, so this is a UK story. I know you love those. Yes, I do. And there's actually very little known about Claire's background. I tried really hard. I don't know if it's because the family has opted to not share about her background um, or if it just doesn't exist because what I could find is that Claire was adopted at 15 years old by Mr. and Mrs. Michael Brown. Okay. And I say Mrs. because I do not even know his wife's name. Okay. She died in February 2005 from cancer and Michael and Claire remained very, very close. They shared everything. They talked frequently. It was a very close relationship, which is very sweet given that she was adopted at a pretty old age. Claire eventually was married, had a daughter with her husband. Things didn't work out in their marriage, and she ended up divorcing him. Okay. Uh, She moved around a little bit, but she ended up moving close to where her ex lived. Um, and it seemed like her and her ex were on really good terms as far as like the whole co-parenting thing went. And at the time of Claire's death, which that's not really a spoiler given the intro to this episode. Okay. Um, Claire's daughter was, I have seen eight years old and I have seen 10 years old. Okay. I saw 10 more often, but I saw Claire's father say eight. So I'm going to go with eight. And her father worked as um, an officer at a prison. Oh. So very familiar with, like, criminal justice system. And honestly, kind of a badass if he's working at a prison, really. Seriously. After Claire had kind of moved back into the area where her ex was living, she was living in this really cute little house that had a garden, and she said she chose this specifically for her daughter, so her daughter had a little garden. Oh, that's sweet. It's really cute. Yeah. Uh, she met a man named George Appleton on Facebook, and okay. they ended up meeting in April of 2008. Okay. She seemed really happy with him at first. Like, Michael, her father, remembers hearing when Claire told him that she was seeing this new guy, and Michael said she seemed really happy, and I was happy for her, and nothing really seemed wrong. Yeah, as any father would when their kid is happy and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Claire ended up bringing George out to Michael's home one day, just out of the blue, just showed up one day. 
And I think it was meant to be like a cute surprise so that she could introduce him to uh, her father. And Michael didn't even know that like Claire and George had gone to her brother-in-law's house first and then gone to her father's house and then gone home. And so the son-in-law ended up calling Michael and being like, hey, so did you meet George today? Michael said, yeah, what do you think of him? And both of them kind of agreed that there was something off about George. They couldn't quite like put their finger on it, but something was weird. Oh, okay. Claire had mentioned that George had something of a criminal background. He had recently been released from incarceration. And of course, like working in the prison system, Michael immediately was like, well, what is that all about? And Claire said, no, don't worry about it. He was very open. He told me right away. And it's just for motor vehicle offenses. And Michael said, you know, you're you're a grown woman. If you're okay with this, I'm okay with it. Just be careful. He did say that because of him working in a prison, he could not be seen like fraternizing with an ex-convict. Oh. And so he told Claire, please don't bring George to my home anymore. Oh. And I mean, Claire got it. She was like, yeah, I get it. That's fine. But they still were very close. Like Michael would go visit Claire. Claire would go visit Michael. And that does make sense too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with that, uh, the prison guard that helped the prisoner escape recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she, oh my gosh. Oh, I just got you all worked up. So much to say about that because number one, if that was me, I wouldn't have killed myself because didn't she kill herself? Didn't she shoot herself? Like yes. when when the police were like were like closing in on them, yeah. I would have shot him and killed him and been like he made he like totally. Oh like, no, there was so much against her. There's no way she would no? have been able to pull that now. Oh, I think, I don't think so. I think I would have like been able to give a good cry and been like use your drama skills (laughs) i was brainwashed i just snapped out of it like i'm so scared (laughs) (laughs) like like amber heard like amber heard's wonderful skills i'm so scared (laughs) what's happening i wish that listeners could see your face i'm so scared coming back around to say that i get why he cannot be seen um hanging out in his free time with an ex-convict. I totally. 100%. I also, I also kind of think he used it as an excuse because he didn't like the guy, but. Yeah. I mean, and, and then what is a dad going to do? Because we've talked about this before where the, in a lot of these cases where, you know, we always talk about why didn't a parent see it or why didn't a parent do something, especially of an adult child, they don't want to mm-hmm. push someone away. Yeah. You know? And she, Claire was 36. Yeah. So yeah. she is well into her adult years. And she that's can make what I'm her own saying. Decisions. She can make her own decisions. He expressed his feelings on it. And they both kind of knew like, well, he can't be around me because of my line of work. But if you're happy, I'm happy. And we'll still, yeah. we'll still talk. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of the timeline of their relationship. Um, remember, they had met in April of 2008. By October of 2008, Claire actually caught George texting other women and she called it off. She was not happy with him. She Good said for this her. enough. Yeah. Michael is quoted as saying he was chuffed to bits when he heard <laughs> about the breakup. <laughs> I just really like that terminology. <laughs> oh, I could hear him saying it now. I love that. Especially man. in because that was him speaking at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so October 7th, 2008, there was a complaint filed that George had threatened Claire and had damaged her property. I don't really have any details about this. I just know that it was in- bad enough that Claire went to the police about this. And I'm also pretty sure this was after she ended things with him because things did not get start getting like scary and violent until after she ended things. Oh. So by Christmas of 2008, Claire had gone home to Batley where her father lived just to visit for Christmas, just normal visiting with her dad. Made a passing comment about how since the breakup, George, ha- George had been making himself a nuisance. That's how she put it. Okay bothering her basically and michael told claire why don't you just pack up your things and move here just move in with me oh what a nice dad so sweet yeah she i don't know much about this exchange but i get the feeling she's like no not a big deal i'll just go home don't worry about it yeah but also like he lived far enough away that if she moved there she wouldn't be near her daughter anymore oh yeah and she yeah there was probably no way she's gonna do that yeah Um, January 18th, 2009, just a couple of weeks after Christmas, Claire filed a report with the police department again, saying that George had attempted to rape her. Oh. And George actually ended up being arrested for this. Good. He was subsequently bailed out. By who? Him. He was bailed out very shortly afterwards. Oh. Um, About four days after he was released, Claire called the police again saying that because she had been given uh, some kind of protection order after the attempted rape. I hope so. Um, I hope something like a protection order, restraining order was like handed down. UK is not very good about this kind of stuff. I I was trying to like follow the timeline of stuff there. They have so many laws and acts and uh, declarations. It was really hard to track what happened when because they're yeah. all named the same thing. And it's like one – I don't – well, I, I can't understand. imagine the U.S. is any better either. I mean, you hear cases all the time. Hearing about theirs, it's like their laws and the stories are noted with what the regime was yeah. when the whatever happened. So if it was it, it, in the United States, it would be similar to um, this happened during the Trump administration. This happened during the the Obama administration because the change in administration is so significant. It affects these laws. Yeah. At least that's my understanding based on all the articles I read and I started yeah. getting dizzy from all the information. So <laughs> if anybody in the UK is really familiar with how this stuff works, I would love to talk with you Yeah, because I don't understand it quite frankly, but I also don't live there. And so if you don't understand our laws, I completely get you. 100%. But anyway, four days after he was released, he Claire called the police because George showed up at her house again. And understandably, Claire's getting more and more terrified. Like this guy caused property damage. He attempted to rape her. And now he's coming back. Like after he's been arrested and there's been a protection order, she installed a panic alarm at her home. Good. You know what? It sounds like Claire is taking all the right like steps to protect herself. And that's why like stuff like this always infuriates me. When the police were not doing like anything. Yeah. 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 And I know it doesn't sound like they weren't doing anything. This is how poorly they were behaving. So one night 
Claire called the police because George was literally at her house banging on her front door. And she was terrified because, he one, he wouldn't leave. Two, he's banging on the door. And three, he's threatening to kill her. Oh, my goodness. So she calls the police because she's afraid for her life. Yeah. The police response was delayed 25 times. What? Not 25 minutes, 25 times. Jeez. Because they just didn't have enough officers and they didn't think this was that big a deal. Oh, my goodness. That is so maddening. It took them 24 hours to respond. That's ridiculous. To to a man pounding on her door threatening to kill her. And, you know, not to play devil's advocate, but I do understand how sometimes police have to have to kind of prioritize, you know, calls and, and they're busy. And I, I get that 100%. So I also get how it, it's, it would be hard to assess what is like super important to get to right away and what can wait a little bit. But I would assume looking back at the history, I hope that there's somebody looking back at what's happening and being like, no, this has been an ongoing thing. I think we should get there right away. So I I totally get what you're saying, like with the prioritization yeah. of stuff. You cannot tell me that for 24 hours straight there were life threatening emergencies happening. Uh, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And so she ended up telling her father again around this time that like you know George is being a pest just while they were talking to each other. Yeah. She didn't really give him any details. It was just kind of a yeah, he's still bugging me. And so in early February, George had actually smashed her front door down. Wow. And he was given a fixed penalty notice. So I had to look up what this was because, again, UK, US, there's differences. Yeah. Basically, a fixed penalty notice is instead of taking you to court, we're just going to give you a fine and some and some penalty points. And okay. I think those are like marks against you. There must be some like if you have a criminal record, you get like marks against you, and they yeah add I, up. Yeah, I think we've that has come up in one of our cases before. We're probably of, yours because yeah. I think you do more UK. I do more than UK. I do. I do enjoy the UK. But uh, so he received a fixed penalty notice for literally breaking down her front door. Okay. When there's all this other history of all this other stuff, like. Yeah. They didn't think that maybe this guy who attempted to rape her, who was arrested for attempting to rape her, broke down her door. You're not going to arrest him again? That's a little insane that it's ridiculous. no follow through or follow up quickly. Yeah. 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 So again, early February 2009, Michael realizes he has not heard from Claire in a few days. Oh. And he said at first – not really a big deal to him. Um, he said it was common for her to forget to top off her mobile phone. Uh, I don't know if that means like to charge it or add more minutes because 2009, that was the days of buying minutes. Yeah. So, But he said it was not uncommon for her to forget to do whatever needed to be done. Yeah. But he lived far enough away that he called his son-in-law. And I think at this point it was an ex-son-in-law. Uh-huh. Some of the finer details get missed in here. Yeah. But he called him and said, hey, I haven't heard from her in a couple days. Do you mind going and just checking on her? So this brings us to Friday, February 6th. Okay. The son-in-law, ex-son-in-law, shows up to Claire's house and 
Michael is leaving work when one of the other officers calls him over and says, hey, you have a phone call. And so Michael goes over to answer the phone. And it was somebody, and I don't know if this was police or the ex-son in yeah. calling to say that they had found his daughter's body. Uh. And he said that at first he was numb. He couldn't take it in. It was like he could not absorb the information. Yeah. In because, shock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. Uh. I, I don't completely get it because I've never been in this situation. But no. I can imagine that given the same situation, I probably wouldn't know what to do with myself either. No. So when the son-in-law had gone to Claire's house, he found the front door open and smoke damage. He could visually see smoke damage on the walls. Like that there had been a fire in the house or? Yeah. Okay. And uh, over the course of investigation, it was found that Claire had been beaten, raped, strangled, and then set on fire. Holy shit. In really the in sad. the in the home, yes. Ugh. The fire damage was so bad that they could not go upstairs to retrieve her body. They actually had to get a cherry picker, like the big thing with the bucket that the people working on electrical poles use. So I'm assuming whoever went in and found the house like this, the ex son in law, couldn't didn't didn't really I don't think see he saw the body. body. I know. He just called probably police and had police. Because come. he yeah. sees the door open and fire damage. Yeah. I want to know what the hell the neighbors were doing. That's what that. I, that was going to be my next question. How, if a fire, it sounds like, so the fire damaged, if this was a two story, which it sounds like it was. Yeah. Damaged it so much that you couldn't access the, the, the second level. Yeah. Is, was this fire, did this fire go undetected? I, I don't understand. I mean, obviously, because what's really sad is Claire's body had been there for a few days. Yeah. And so to remove her body, they actually had to use a cherry picker to take out the second story windows and they had to remove her body that way because they couldn't go upstairs. Yeah. That's so sad. So it was determined that she had died I saw February 6th and I saw February 2nd. Gosh, so and they didn't go there till February. So she 6th. could have been she could have been dead for 4 days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anywhere in the it was definitely for more than 1 day, but 4 days at max. Yeah, I want to see this house and how close in proximity other neighbors are to it because I think that's a little I couldn't insane. even find that because I'll, I'll tell you, other parts of this story completely overshadow the actual crime. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of why it's so much. So Michael uh, Brown has made Claire's death about helping other women. And I think that's part of the reason that so many details are not out about Claire. Okay. Um, so immediately police put out George Appleton's photo, because of course, like the family knows, like who did she's this? been having issues with him. Yeah. And so the police put out his photo and specifically they put a warning out to women saying that this man is known to use multiple dating apps. He's known to per- prowl for women to pursue. If you are currently talking with this man, do not make plans with him. But if you know where he is, please call us. Like, this is how serious it was. Oh, wow. That they were like, we think this guy is still out there trying to date women. If you have plans with him, don't cancel your plans. Don't show up. 
Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. But tell us where you're talking to him and we will take it from there. Yeah. Holy moly. So by the following Monday, February 9th, police were getting several women who were like, yep, I recognize him. I was talking to him on this site. Oh, really? scary. That is scary that he's like he had that that he had just done that or presumably done that and is then out there just like right can you imagine you're like talking with some guy on tinder and you look on the news and he's there yeah no six days and this is another reason that not a lot of details came out because i'm going to tell you there was never a trial why six days after claire's body was found george's body was found Oh, no. Uh, George had completed suicide by hanging inside like an old broken down pub. What a fucking coward. Excuse me, but geez. Um, Michael Brown was on an interview where he said, and this is like a trigger warning for highly insensitive. And this is not me. I am quoting Michael Brown, you guys. Okay. He said if he knew George was planning on doing that, he would have swung from his legs. Oh, wow. Oh, I okay. That took me a minute, but now I'm picturing the whole there thing. There are no hard feelings. Uh-huh. Between, like, nope. No love lost between no. Michael Brown and George Appleton. And do you blame him? No. Not at all, given what his daughter went through. Oh, my goodness. So... Obviously, there was no trial. There was a subsequent investigation, though, because they needed to, de- to determine if George's death was indeed suicide. It was. And as they're doing this investigation in the weeks after this whole thing, um, several women came forward about their own interactions with George. Oh, wow. And information surfaced about George's conduct and... All of these instances of uh, Claire calling the police that Michael never knew about. Oh, wow. And remember, George had mentioned he had some criminal history. It was just motor vehicle offenses, right? Uh, Highly doubtful now. No, he had been jailed three separate times in recent history. The first one was for six months in 2001 for breaching a restraining order on an ex-girlfriend. Okay. The second one was three years in 2002 for harassing a different woman. That tracks. The third one, he spent six years in prison for kidnapping an ex-girlfriend and holding her at knife point for six hours. Do you think Claire knew about those or she just thought they were minor little things that he had told her? She did not know what he had gone to prison for. Oh, wow. And... I am so glad you asked that question because you reached the crux of the issue here. Okay. That Michael said, if Claire had known any of this, she could have made an informed decision about whether or not to continue this relationship. 100%. Can I, add, can I say one thing, though? Huh. Michael worked in a prison, correct? Yes. Does he you have? You can't just search people. You can't, because I was going to no. say, I, I, I mean, you can search people. All of that's logged, though, and you can't just search people. You have to have a reason you want to search them. Okay. Well, can't you look up anyone's criminal history online? Um, it, not all of it's published. 
And in the UK, I don't know how their stuff works. Even even when I'm trying to find people's criminal histories in other states. True, true. It is so hard to find. True. So, I mean, I can find people's stuff in Washington because I know how Washington works. Yeah. It's hard finding it in other states without getting that stupid, um, that ad that pops up at the top that's like uh, – history report whatever.com and it looks legit and it's definitely not. And not yeah 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 um michael had the same thought you did what if claire knew about this yeah he started rallying for changes in the law because it wasn't until after his daughter was brutally murdered and after the murderer himself was found dead that all of this criminal history came out. Like, no one knew about this. Until after the fact, which sucks. Yeah. And beyond even that, Michael didn't even know what was happening in Claire. Like, he didn't know about all these assaults. He didn't know about the attempted rape. She had just said, oh, he's being a nuisance. He's being a pest. And, you know, what sucks is she was doing all the right things. She was trying to, like, protect herself in all the right yeah. ways and utilizing all the right resources that one person can use to help protect themselves. And that just was what sucks. Yeah. So what's really sad is that while Michael was in her home trying to clear out some of her personal belongings, he found a notebook with a handwritten letter inside addressed to George that... Claire never actually got a chance to send. Oh. Um, Michael didn't release this letter until 10 years after her death. But in this letter, she describes how desperate she feels, how much she just wants things to end. She just wants George to leave her alone. She says that she's frightened of him and she doesn't even like him touching her. And every day that feeling gets worse. That must have been horrible for the dad to read. Yes, especially when he didn't know any of this. Yeah. And she also said that, you know, it's not fair for me to be with you because me and my daughter can't trust you. I can't be with someone if I can't trust you with my daughter. And she said, uh, one of the quotes is, uh, quote, you still scare me and I can't be with someone I am frightened of. And at the end of the letter, and I don't know why this like hits hard, she ends the letter with take care, I mean it. So like she's she's just trying to Yeah, break. do the yeah, and do the right thing for her daughter too. Yeah. Ugh. And she includes in this letter that like she's writing this letter because he's not listening to her. So she's like maybe if I write it in a letter, you'll finally get it. He'll get it. Yeah. Ugh, that sucks. So Michael Brown is saying, my daughter was clearly let down by the system and by, by like the people in the system and the system in general. And like you honed in on, if Claire had known any of this, she may not have even continued a relationship with him. Like she may have broken up with him way before she did. 100%. I would have. Anyone would have. So Michael reached out to a reporter named Michelle Livesey Feingold. Okay. And she, he approached her and said, help me. Help me create a new law so that women can get information about their partners if they feel like they're in danger. Wow. So as Michelle and Michael were working on this together, Michael was clear what his message was. And so these, everything I'm going to read now are all direct quotes from him. 
He said, when you find out that there's somewhere between 100 and 120 women and six to eight men killed by every year by their ex-partner, you know something has to be done to change this. I just wanted it all to stop. He also said, I'm not here for anyone's crucifixion. I'm here to help ensure that no other father has to sit here because of the same mistakes have been made, and I believe mistakes were made. He said, my daughter didn't get the protection she needed when she needed it. And every time he met with a new politician, um, of course, like this is a very high profile yeah. case, right? Yeah. The politicians are all like, oh, we're so sorry for your loss. Mm. And Michael said every time he met with a politician, he just asked, why why is this information not available? Mm -hmm. I And you honed in on this too. He's like, I work for the correction system. Mm -hmm. I can go in and look at the history of any prisoner for my own safety. Yeah. A police officer can go look up anybody in their computer if they see them walking funny. Why can that same per police officer look up this man's criminal history, but he can't tell my daughter? 100%. You should be able to. And every time he asked a politician, like, Hey, why does this not exist? He would just get like an, oh, I don't know. And it does it because of this and privacy. And he said, I got a lot of apologies, but no straight answers. So I just kept asking. Good for him. When he addressed Parliament, he said, if this law can save even one woman from the fate my daughter suffered, her death won't have been in vain. So this is like a man. What a great on dad. A yeah. Good for him. Unbeknownst to Michael, at the same time, the Association of Chief Police Officers were asking the same questions. They were asking, why does this not happen? Why is there no disclosure? Why don't potential victims have access to this? So kind of from both sides, they're coming to the same conclusion. Yeah. There was an investigation about the actual handling of Claire's case in the aftermath of like everything. Um, by like upper level regulatory boards. Okay. The Greater Manchester Police, which is the department that was overseeing all of the times she called, was found to have little to no proper training or guidance in how to approach domestic violence issues. And they were also found to be ranked the lowest of all of the police um, police departments in the UK. Really? The lowest. Oh, my goodness. So due to Michael's work and Michelle helping him, they were able to introduce Claire's Law. And this, I think, is what overshadows the actual crime is the work that was done to create Claire's Law. Okay. So uh, Claire's Law is the layman's term. When people talk about it, they call it Claire's Law. The actual name is the Domestic Violence Disclosure Scheme. And it was introduced in 2014. What this does is that intimate partners or a close person to the intimate partner can request information if they think that their friend or family member or even themselves are in danger of, um, are in imminent danger. Okay. So what basically what they can do is they can say hey i'm with this person i'm scared tell me about their criminal history and the police can disclose it really of course i can i can kind of see it on your face that there's a whole issue with privacy right yeah yeah they built this into the system so obviously they don't want people going out and just uh, like 
I went on one date with this guy and I want to know everything about him. Like yeah. we all Google yeah. the guys you meet oh, on like totally. and Bumble and whatever. Yeah. Um, they they do not want that happening. So there are very specific criteria that have to be met. Like uh, in the either, crimes they commit, probably? Um, in the crimes they commit that are able to be disclosed, yeah. but also the person asking for information. Oh, okay. You have to be able to prove that you are in imminent danger or like if I was concerned about a friend and I can say, I have seen him do this and this and I am scared for my friend. Yeah. I can make a, a request on your behalf. Oh, that's kind of good. It goes and the request can only be made verbally. They cannot be made in writing and responses are only made verbally. They are not made in writing. So is there like one person handling all of this? It's a, a whole department that deals with domestic violence issues. So when they receive the request, it goes to a review board who reviews the petitioner and the circumstances. Basically, it's they act the it's twofold. It's a right to ask and a right to know. Do you have the right to ask? Are you actually in danger? Is yeah. this person actually in danger? Do you have sufficient evidence to prove that this person is at, in immediate risk? Yeah. And the right to know is what information about this person's past do you need to know to make an informed decision? And also what crimes have they committed? What's really nice is it's not just crimes. Like, like if you're going to do can, business with somebody, could you know about like, no, no. Okay. No, it is say. only for domestic violence issues okay. and a business relationship is does not, not count. obviously. Okay. So what's so different about this is it's not just convictions. Um, it's anytime police were called out. So like if police were called out for a domestic violence situation, but no charges were pressed, they can disclose that. Oh. It's so it's not just the, the stuff who ma that makes it onto your criminal record. It's stuff like other that too. things. Okay. So the information is then given verbally to the petitioner and that petitioner is not allowed to share the information. If they share the information with anyone, they can be persecuted under the Data Protection Act. So they are very serious about maintaining privacy. See, I mean, here's my my deal, though. Like, so let's say I'm worried I'm dating someone and I'm worried, like, for my safety, just because let's say they've, you know, like said a couple of things or there's been concerning behavior, like stalking or whatever. But it's not like above and beyond but I, I still have like an instinct right like that there's something wrong here how is it then and it's the same thing when we were talking about the prioritizing with the police who's going to determine whether I'm in danger or not because even the police don't seem to prioritize when I think I'm in danger and I have like huge proof that I am how is the domestic violence counselor or whatever who I talk to to try to find out more information going to determine it? There's a whole protocol, actually. It's like okay. a 53 page. And actually, you kind of beat me to it. I am going to include the PDF, a nice. link to the PDF okay. in the show notes okay. so that people can see what's required of them, what sorts of things get disclosed, and the whole process. It's very like clearly lit written out. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so Claire's law initially was rolled out under uh, like a trial basis. It seems that that's like normal in other countries like ruled by the crown. I don't oh. think that's super normal here. No. 
But like every instance of Claire's law was initially rolled out as a trial. Oh. So during the trial period, one of the first people that was helped by Claire's law was a girl that's named Sandy. I don't know if that's her actual name, but that's what this article called her. Okay. So what happened was Sandy met a man during a work function. Immediately, he made his intentions known that he liked her. He wanted to date her. And he began the whole love bombing thing. Lots of attention, lots of gifts, lots of calls, lots of texts. And at first, she loved the attention because mm-hmm. we all Anyone do. Anyone like, would, yeah. Yeah. It's when it becomes excessive uh-huh. that it gets concerning. Yeah. And so it did. It got excessive. And it got to the point that she was starting to get a little bit frightened. Mm-hmm. And so her father actually made a Claire's Law request on her behalf. Oh, nice. And the article was very clear to say that, like, he was not an overbearing father. They said he was an accountant. And I don't know if that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, but why? this man was an okay. accountant, which I think is just to say that he's very methodical yeah. and logical and yeah. he does not act on impulse. Uh-huh. And so the fact that he made this request seemed like a big deal. I think that's the crux of why they mentioned all of this. Uh, So what happened was it went through the normal channels. The police invited her father and Sandy together. And the police did a verbal disclosure to both of them. Okay. And they did not give them a full history. They only actually gave them three years of history. But in the three years, he had been convicted twice for harassment. Oh, wow. And that was enough for Sandy to say, I never want to see this man yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. That's stuff I would love to know, especially yeah. if I'm feeling a little weird about somebody. Yes. Yeah. So the same night, she went out with her friends. I don't know if it was a, hey, I broke up with this guy. Take me out to make me feel better mm-hmm. or if this was already planned or what. They all kind of went out for drinks. They go back to her house. One of her friends ended up going upstairs and they found the man in her house. Oh my gosh. He no, escaped thank out of a you. window. Yeah. But the police came and they did like a search of the house and they found evidence that he had been staying in her attic. Shut up. So he was subsequently charged oh, and sentenced. How could you even ever go back in that house again, too? I right? feel like Actually, I feel it did so say gross. that she was. She would not leave her home because she was so terrified and like friends and family took turns staying. Oh, I would make people stay with me. Yeah, 100%. So that was just during the trial period that this happened. Wow. So can you imagine like... Yeah. So at the end of this article, um, the article was released while it was still in a trial period. And this woman said the like... If this law didn't exist, she would have been dead. I could have, yeah. Like, this law saved my life, and I hope they make it permanent, and I hope it spreads. Yeah, 100%. That's nuts. Yeah. It was introduced in Scotland in 2016, and in the first two years, 2,144 requests were made for information. Wow. In Scotland. Uh, I hope that makes Michael so proud and happy and that his like exactly what he had said like that his daughter's death wasn't in vain that there was something good to come out of it that's awesome it's it's not without kinks because there have been some deaths and i did you say did you say kinks or kinks kinks okay i thought you said kinks and then i'm like and then i was kind of like fuck there's another word i've been saying wrong my whole life (laughs) (laughs) cakes there have been some women who have died and I think 
I didn't look that deeply into this because I think it was during the trial period. Okay. I'm not completely certain because that's a lot of like tracing and I can't keep track of all of like the temporary, permanent, whatever. There was one instance where a woman had made a Claire's Law request and it took them eight weeks to get back to her. Oh, no. There was another woman where it took them five weeks no. to get back to her and she ended up dying. Ugh. So that sucks. While, while the system works very well, sometimes it doesn't work so well. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, in Scotland, just in the first two years, there was over 2,000 requests. Of those 2,000 requests, 927 people received disclosures. Really? In two years. That's almost one every day. That's more than one a day. Yeah, that's, that's a little much. But also, that's 927 people that this law saved in just one country. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, he should feel really good about that. He should. Yeah. Uh, so as of right now, Claire's Law is active in the UK, Scotland, Australia, and in Canada in Saskatchewan, Alberta, and Newfoundland and Labrador. Oh. So it's spreading Good. More. Um, but this goes back to your episode last week that remember I was mm -hmm. saying that if she had known what had was going known on, what was going on with that douche canoe, 100%. If we had Claire's law in America, can you imagine how many people would be asking for this stuff? Oh, tons, tons. Right. Yeah. Because we have freaking whack jobs out everywhere all the time. And they have access to thousands of women through all these dating apps and just yeah. like it's it's insane yeah mm -hmm. so uh, like i said there is a guide a very comprehensive guide of um outlining definitions and uh requirements and it goes into the details of right to ask and right to know it goes into um who can make petitions who receives disclosures what types of crimes and events uh, are considered for disclosure it goes all of that and i will include that link in the show notes because not okay. enough people know about this law. yeah no they need to know and um unfortunately claire's father oh died no when july 18th 2020 how old was he 76 oh michael what a and, good dad uh he received a posthumous award for and I can't remember where it was from for his work for helping women in domestic violence situations he received an award so did Michelle the reporter received an award for her work in helping get Claire's law spread oh now he's and, so now he's with his daughter oh so cute and there is actually a Facebook page oh uh, called Claire's Law for Everyone. There are many Claire's Law pages. This one specifically has members of Claire's family on the admin team. Oh, nice. Michael was an active role in that um, in the page. I don't think he ran the page, but he that page had his full support. Family members of Claire have the full support of this specific page. Um, and it shares I mean, uh, people who have been saved by Claire's Law share testimonials. Oh, how nice. They share articles of every time Claire's Law is introduced in a new company or a new country. Um, they have you help sign petitions to get it in new countries. So this is a very, very good page to follow. I really like it. Oh, I need that Claire's Law to be everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. So that is um, 
there's a, a similar law called Sarah's law that is for, um, I believe sexual offenders and it's specific for minors. So, um, but what's crazy is that Claire's law doesn't exist in the United States. Yeah. And where you would think like it would like be well received. Um, except you're sharing private information and you know how people get about it. I know, but you know what? Then don't do shitty things. Right. And then, and then try to do even shittier things to other people. Like, thank you. Like that, then, yeah. Then, I mean, be a good person. Then you won't have to worry about your privacy. I don't, you guys just be like, like decent fucking people. Don't kill anybody. Don't like, (laughs) hello. No means no. If someone doesn't like you, they don't like you. Move on. And that goes back to the recording from Michael at the beginning of the episode. Like yeah. His daughter died because some quote unquote man yeah. couldn't understand the word no. Exactly. Which is ridiculous. Mm. So I actually originally heard about this case because I was scrolling through Facebook and somebody had shared one of those viral posts about like, here's a bunch of laws that you should know about if you're a woman. And one of them was Claire's law. And I, I'd never heard about it before. I read it. It was um, a very brief description of like, it was like five or six laws. Sarah's law was on there. Claire's law was on there. And it was just um, uh, women can receive disclosures about potential violent partners. And I was like, how do I not know about this? Yeah. And I researched it and I was like, it's only available in the UK and other countries dictated by the crown and ended up commenting on my friend who shared this. I was like, unfortunately Claire's law does not exist in the United States and I want to know why it should. And it would help. I think a lot of people a ton. Absolutely. Gosh, like we hear stories about it all the time. All these like, I mean, honestly, that's why your story last week reminded me of it. Because if this woman's family, they absolutely would have made a petition for information on that guy. Yeah. So it's it's ridiculous, and yeah. Uh, Well, I think Michael is such a God. He was when I heard his voice at the beginning. I'm like, oh, I bet this man is just lovely, and he is, and cute little old man. How wonderful that he you know, fought for his daughter and did right by his daughter. And and now he's with, now he's with his daughter, which is sad, but also. And spending, spending his life Mm -hmm. working to make sure that other women don't go through this. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this man. This would have been a good uh, Father's Day episode. This is, that was really good. I'm not going to lie. I was, (laughs) actually, I was looking for a Father's Day episode and there are some really bad ones out there, but I'm really glad. This is a good one. one. Yeah. I think this one actually is coming out right around Father's Day. Oh, well, there you go. Happy Father's Day. To all the fathers like Michael. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And Instead yeah. of the shitty fathers out there that are like, you know, because we 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 there. we know a couple. We've talked about a couple. <laughs> oh yes, we have a couple of cases of shitty dads. So, so all right, yeah. Um, we will see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Don't miss us too much. You two get it. You two the two the, but we are number forty three. <laughs>
which is I cannot believe. I that. need to. Can you? Do you have a thing where you can show me that? I want to like because I look. I have to download the app. I know, and then I, I have an email. I tried to download the app, and then it like I didn't want to. I didn't want to download one more app. Me I have too, too many apps. Me as it too. Is. I don't me need to too. Add one more me because too. once I add them, I never delete them. <laughs> I know. Because I'm like, what if I need it? I know. I know. All right. I'm a fucking clutter bug, even on my phone. Yeah. God. <laughs> So we will see everybody in two weeks. We will hopefully have uh, solid information about a Patreon. And um, we will miss you all. Yes. Most of you. I mean, if you're like shitty people, we won't miss you. But we also won't know about it. So, you know, if you want to think that applies to you. I think we only have lots of good people. And there are so many. Mostly in the UK, aren't they? No. Oh. They're mostly in the US. I thought. I thought I was big in the UK. No. (laughs) They probably secretly hate you for your horrible accent. Or they find it endearing. I don't know. They love it. They're like, ah, she has a wonderful British accent. I don't even know. What I don't was. even know what that I don't was. Either. That was so we many We should things. just stop right now. It's oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, wash your ears, everyone. Yeah. I'm sorry about Bye. that. Please forgive me. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.